Introduction, Section 5 of The Life of Jesus Critically Examined by David Friedrich Strauss, translated by George Eliot. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Section 5. Transition to More Modern Times, Deists and Naturalists of the 17th and 18th Centuries, The Wolfenbutel Fragmentist. Thus was developed one of those forms of interpretation to which the Hebrew and Christian scriptures, in common with all other religious records, in relation to their historical contents, became necessarily subjected, that, namely, which recognizes in them the divine, but denies it to have actually manifested itself in so immediate a manner. The other principal mode of interpretation, which, to a certain extent, acknowledges the course of events to have been historically true, but assigns it to a human, and not a divine origin, was developed amongst the enemies of Christianity by a Celsus, a Porphyry, a Julian. They indeed rejected much of the history as altogether fabulous, but they admitted many of the incidents related of Moses, Jesus, and others to be historical facts. These facts were, however, considered by them as originating from common motives, and they attributed their apparently supernatural character either to gross fraud or impious sorcery. It is worthy of observation that the circumstances attending the introduction of these several modes of interpretation into the heathen and Jewish religions, on the one hand, and into the Christian religion, on the other, were different. The religion and sacred literature of the Greeks and Hebrews had been gradually developed with the development of the nation, and it was not until the intellectual culture of the people had outgrown the religion of their fathers, and the latter was in consequence verging towards decay, that the discrepancy which is the source of these varying interpretations became apparent. Christianity, on the contrary, came into a world of already advanced civilization, which was, with the exception of that of Palestine, the Judaico-Hellenistic and the Greek. Consequently, a disagreement manifested itself at the very beginning. It was not now, however, as in former times, between modern culture and an ancient religion, but between a new religion and ancient culture. The production of allegorical interpretations among the pagans and the Hebrews was a sign that their religion had lost its vitality. The allegories of origin and the attacks of Celsus in reference to Christianity were evidence, rather, that the world had not as yet duly accommodated itself to the new religion. As, however, with the Christianizing of the Roman Empire and the overthrow of the chief heresies, the Christian principle gained an ever-increasing supremacy, as the schools of heathen wisdom closed, and the uncivilized Germanic tribes lent themselves to the teaching of the Church. The world, during the tedious centuries of the Middle Ages, was satisfied with Christianity both in form and in substance. Almost all traces of these modes of interpretation which presuppose a discrepancy between the culture of a nation or of the world and religion, in consequence, disappeared. The Reformation effected the first breach in the solid structure of the faith of the Church. It was the first vital expression of a culture, which had now in the heart of Christendom itself as formerly in relation to paganism and Judaism, acquired strength and independence sufficient to create a reaction against the soil of its birth, the prevailing religion. This reaction, so long as it was directed against the dominant hierarchy, constituted the sublime, but quickly terminated, 
drama of the reformation in its later direction against the bible it appeared again upon the stage in the barren revolutionary efforts of deism and many and various have been the forms it has assumed in its progress down to the present time the deists and naturalists of the seventeenth and eighteenth centuries renewed the polemic attacks of the pagan adversaries of christianity in the bosom of the christian church and gave to the public an irregular and confused mass of criticisms impugning the authenticity and credibility of the scriptures and exposing to contempt the events recorded in the sacred volume toland bolingbroke and others pronounced the bible to be a collection of unauthentic and fabulous books whilst some spared no pains to despoil the biblical histories and the heroes whose actions they celebrate of every ray of divine light thus according to morgan the law of moses is a miserable system of superstition blindness and slavery the jewish priests are deceivers and the jewish prophets the originators of the distractions and civil wars of the two kingdoms of judah and israel according to chubb the jewish religion cannot be a revelation from god because it debases the moral character of the deity by attributing to him arbitrary conduct partiality for a particular people and above all the cruel command to exterminate the canaanitish nations assaults were likewise made by these and other deists upon the new testament the apostles were suspected of being actuated by selfish and mercenary motives the character of jesus himself was not spared and the fact of his resurrection was denied the miracles of jesus wrought by an immediate exercise of divine power in human acts and concerns were made the particular objects of attack by Woolston. This writer is also worthy of notice on account of the peculiar position taken by him between the ancient allegorists and the modern naturalists. His whole reasoning turns upon the alternative, either to retain the historical reality of the miracles narrated in the Bible, and thus to sacrifice the divine character of the narratives, and reduce the miracles to mere artifices, miserable juggleries or commonplace deceptions or in order to hold fast the divine character of these narratives to reject them entirely as details of actual occurrences and regard them as historical representations of certain spiritual truths wollston cites the authority of the most distinguished allegorists among the fathers in support of this view he is wrong however in representing them as supplanting the literal by the figurative meaning these ancient fathers on the contrary were disposed to retain both the literal and the allegorical meaning a few examples in origin it is true are an exception to this rule it may be doubted from the language of wollston which alternative was adopted by himself if we reason from the fact that before he appeared as the opponent of the commonly entertained views of christianity he occupied himself with allegorical interpretations of the scriptures we may be led to consider the latter alternative as expressing his real conviction on the other hand he enlarges with so evident a predilection on the absurdities of the miracles when literally understood and the manner in which he treats the whole subject is so tinged with levity that we may suspect the deist to put forward the allegorical interpretations merely as a screen from behind which he might inveigh the more unreservedly against the literal signification 
similar deistical objections against the bible and the divine character of its history were propagated in germany chiefly by an anonymous author Reimarus, whose manuscripts were discovered by lessing in the wolfenbutel library some portions of these manuscripts called the wolfenbutel fragments were published by lessing in seventeen seventy four they consist of essays one of which treats of the many arguments which may be urged against revealed religion in general the others relate partly to the old and partly to the new testament it is the opinion of the fragmentist in relation to the old testament first that the men of whom the scriptures narrate that they had immediate communications with god were so unworthy that such intercourse admitting its reality compromised the character of deity secondly that the result of this intercourse the instructions and laws alleged to have been thus divinely communicated were so barbarous and destructive that to ascribe them to god is impossible and thirdly that the accompanying miracles were at once absurd and incredible from the whole it appears to him clear that the divine communications were only pretended and that the miracles were delusions practiced with the design of giving stability and efficiency to certain laws and institutions highly advantageous to the rulers and priests the author finds much to condemn in the conduct of the patriarchs and their simulations of divine communications such as the command to abraham to sacrifice his son but it is chiefly moses upon whom he seeks in a long section to cast all the obloquy of an impostor who did not scruple to employ the most disgraceful means in order to make himself the despotic ruler of a free people who to effect his purpose feigned divine apparitions and pretended to have received the command of god to perpetrate acts which but for this divine sanction would have been stigmatized as fraudulent as highway robbery as inhuman barbarity for instance the spoiling of the egyptians and the extirpation of the inhabitants of canaan atrocities which when introduced by the words jehovah hath said it became instantly transformed into deeds worthy of god the fragmentist is as little disposed to admit the divinity of the new testament histories he considers the aim of jesus to have been political and his connection with john the baptist a preconcerted arrangement by which the one party should recommend the other to the people he views the death of jesus as an event by no means foreseen by himself but which frustrated all his plans a catastrophe which his disciples knew not how else to repair than by the fraudulent pretense that jesus was risen from the dead and by an artful alteration of his doctrines end of section five